0: to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be with you. It's good to be back from vacation. I've got a lot of news in this first segment, so just stay tuned. So much to talk about, right? Uh, 9.30, uh, coming up in 29 minutes, our good friend Ben Fuchs is back. And you guys love him, and we like to bring him on three or four times a year. But I thought this would be great to start the year out with a guy who's an expert on health and nutrition and supplements and, and skin care. He's just uh, just like an encyclopedia of information on all of that. He'll be with us in 29 minutes. We'll be getting into all of that. Uh, next week, we've got L.A. Marzulli to join us. And, of course, a lot will be happening this week. We'll be getting into that here in this segment. Uh, it'll be good to have our friend L.A. Marzulli back next week to kind of talk about where we stand in the world of Bible prophecy uh, you know what we're looking at in terms of the disputed election and other things going on in our culture and how the Bible uh, relates to that Ellie Marzuli, our guest next week okay if you haven't been following the news today and I know this is sort of a, a bounce back day for a lot of people right. A lot of people are still getting back from vacation. Maybe tomorrow is your first day of work, going back to the workplace. I know at our church this morning, it was uh, really low attendance. My wife and I were really surprised. But, you know, maybe a lot of people still kind of getting back from family visits, uh, those sorts of things. Things are kind of starting to return back to normal here at at my house. Um, I can tell you that all of my Christmas presents were evicted from the couch uh, into my bedroom like right next to my bed where I sleep. So that's kind of my wife's I think signaling that I need to <laughs> I need to put my presents away. Um you know, you get this stack of stuff from people and my family and everybody was so generous and and kind and uh, you know, I don't know, for me we went on our vacation right after Christmas like the day after Christmas we get in the car and we're on our way uh, to the uh, North Georgia Mountains. So I just kind of left all my stuff on the couch uh, in our living room next to the piano, just left it out there. Uh, So it's now, it has now been moved officially. My wife is kind of getting back into, you know, the normal mode. She's got to be at work tomorrow. She's a school teacher. And so I don't know. uh, The Christmas tree is still up. That's always the question every year, right? How long do you leave the Christmas tree up? Some people like to leave it up for a little bit longer after Christmas you know, maybe uh uh three weeks, two, three weeks, something like that. Um I I got my hair cut on Saturday. My regular uh, hairstylist, a wonderful lady here in Palm Coast. I've been going to her for a few years and uh, she's got her shop all beautifully decorated. So I asked her, I said, so when does the the Christmas stuff come down? And my I was like her last appointment on Saturday at 1230. She said, as soon as you're out of this chair, <laughs> the Christmas stuff is coming down. So some people are like that. Right. As soon as, you know, the first of the year hits, Christmas is over. Holidays are over get everything uh, down, get the lights down from outside, uh, get the Christmas tree down. I don't know. I kind of like leaving the tree up for two, three weeks. And maybe that's just (laughs) being a little bit lazy and, you know, not making that transition right back from the holidays to, you know, real work. But in any case, if you haven't, if you're one of those people that are sort of in a cloud, uh, like a lot of us are coming out of the holidays, coming out of trips, that sort of thing. The top trending story right now over at Twitter is hashtag Trump tapes, Trump tapes. And so this news story broke earlier today, uh, apparently a recording of President Trump speaking with the secretary of state of Georgia about the election. That tape somehow the, there was a recording of that phone call and that tape has been released uh, and And so the interpretation of that, which is very interesting, is that Trump was supposedly uh, asking for the Secretary of State of Georgia, Raffensberger, asking him to cheat to help him win. that That's what you're seeing in a lot of the liberal uh, news outlets that Trump ask is asking them to 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 lie, to cheat um, to find votes that he's not entitled to. Uh, And and so what you're going to hear is a lot of clips where what they've done is taken this uh, long conversation and broken it down into various news bites. But then later today, probably to avoid ridicule, maybe even a lawsuit, uh, the Washington Post that released this released the full transcript. And when you read the full transcript, which I have not done yet, but Todd Starnes and others who have read the full transcript uh, are saying that this audio recording of Trump is completely these clips are completely out of context. They're completely without context. And if you listen to them, you know, you can kind of make what you want from them. And this was what I was guessing uh, would probably happen. Um, You can say that Trump is a guy who believes he lost the election unfairly and is calling the state uh, secretary of state of Georgia, asking them uh, to take a close look at this to re-examine what happened to, you know, make sure that things are fair. So you could take it that way, or you could assume the worst and assume that Trump is actually asking for the state of Georgia to cheat on his behalf. Uh, And that's what they're doing, which uh, is really ridiculous and out of context. So if you hear some of those tapes uh, realize that uh, they, these are edited uh, very short clips and put in proper context Uh, appear to be completely harmless and nothing more than Trump advocating for a fair audit, a fair review of the election results. So that is is sort of breaking as we go to air. So I wanted to to get to that. Uh, So I was in North Georgia and we've been doing this now for a few years. I have a, a good, close friend of mine, which many of you know, Robert Yetman, who has actually worked with us here uh, at ChristianMoney.com for a number of years, was a business partner of mine. And uh, we're no longer business partners in that sense, but uh, still have a very close personal relationship. And uh, for a number of years, we've been going up to Blue Ridge to see Bob and his wife. And we did that uh, this time around. Uh, this This Christmas, uh, we left the day after Christmas to go up there. So I'm up in this beautiful area, area, Blue Ridge. And then we also spent a couple of days in Helen, Georgia, which is a really neat place, sort of a Bavarian style town in the middle of uh, in the middle of nowhere. It's like here you are. You're in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden you're in Germany. Uh, It's really cool. It's called Helen, Georgia, and they do a lot with Chris with the Christmas lights and Christmas decorating. So we enjoyed that. But in any case, well, I was up in Blue Ridge, Georgia, totally personal, fun uh, vacation time. Uh, man, it is crazy in Georgia right now, because of course this runoff election is taking place. And so, I was asking my my good friend Bob Yetman explain to me how we got to this point that there's a runoff. And so he was explaining to me that there was a third party candidate that took a certain percentage of the vote, and in Georgia, in order to have a winner you have to have at least 50%. So because the Republican and Democrat were so close battling it, then you have this third party candidate that comes in. I believe it was a libertarian candidate takes away just, you know, a tiny percentage, but nonetheless prevents either the Republican or the Democrat from having that 50% plus, uh, you know, margin. So that's why there are runoffs for these two, uh, senatorial uh, seats. So this is going to be really interesting. So that election is on January 5th, which is Tuesday. And of course we all know what January 6th is, which is the day that the election, the, the electoral college votes are to be certified or not. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute, but in any case, uh, everywhere you drive, everywhere you drive in Georgia, there are election signs everywhere billboards uh, these little uh, election signs you put in the ground those are everywhere if you turn on tv or radio nonstop commercials nonstop 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 now this is interesting because i don't know you know not to be a conspiracy theorist but you would think with everything that happened with the georgia election the uh the so-called Uh, Water main break that happened in Atlanta, which we now find out did not happen. It was uh, apparently some leaky urinal that caused them to clear the whole building. But that's when you saw on the, the closed circuit. Television, You saw the video of them pulling out these cases of ballots that were then run through the machine after all the observers were told to leave because of a water main break. All of that, all of that and and all the other questionable, you know, ballots showing up in, in unmarked vans in the middle of the night. All of this that happened, you would think that with that being the backdrop that Georgia would be just Johnny on the spot like this this runoff is going to be perfect. We are going to do everything we can to make this perfect. Well, I don't know what's going on, but they're already saying don't expect the results to to come quickly. And that kind of is a little bit of a tip-off to me that maybe something's going on. I, and I'm not saying it's, it's fraud. I don't know. It, it would just seem, though, that what you would want – would be within you know I mean I don't know we I live in a day where we live in a day where you can go onto the internet and order like big items and they can show up at your house in one day. I mean I could go online right now and order like a big barbecue grill from Amazon. I could order that tonight and and by Tuesday night I'll be grilling in my backyard with this big grill that will show up magically at my house. We live in that world but yet we're being told now that maybe it'll be a few days before we're going to know the results to this election. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe we need to turn all this over to Amazon, <laughs> these elections or to MasterCard and visa or something. Why, why is this a problem? And, and there's hundreds of millions of dollars put into these computers and all these election systems. And I, I just don't understand it. I mean, with all of the questions about this presidential election, you would think that this would not be a problem. But but now we're being told, you know, I don't know, maybe we won't know for a week or two or uh, three weeks. I don't know when we're going to know. Um, but I will tell you this, that from what I have read and, and what I have have seen in, in the audio clips I've seen, these uh, these candidates running against the two Republicans there, these two Democrats are so far left. So far, I mean, way out there, uh, completely way out there. If they come up with a win in one or both of those seats, I, I'm just not going to believe it. I, you know, I, I was, I was asking my my good friend Bob Yetman when I was visiting. I said, you know, wh- what happened to Georgia? Is Georgia all of a sudden? you know, this blue liberal state. And he said, well, you know, to some extent, a lot of people have been moving to Georgia, and this is a weird phenomenon. This is happening in Florida. We have people that relocate here from a state that they hate. So they come here from Illinois. They come here from New York. They come here from California. Because they hate the state where they are living. The taxes are too high. The politicians are corrupt. Uh, The roads have potholes. All of these things that they don't like. There's no, you know, uh, police, good policing. There's there's rampant crime. You know, all of these problems that they wanted to get away from. So they come here to Florida where we have a balanced budget, no state income tax, reasonable property taxes. Uh, We have a good quality of life here. We don't have any serious crime problems. They come here and then they want to vote the same way that they voted back in the blue state where they hated everything. And this is what makes... My wife and I are both afraid of this, but apparently this is happening to some extent in Georgia. A lot of people coming into Georgia from these liberal blue states and then they're voting like they would vote if they were back in the state that they hate, that they moved away from. However, uh, that being said, you know, I, I drove around Georgia. I just did not get the sense that Georgia is now San Francisco that these two far, far left wing uh, candidates running for Senate are going to have a shot there, I, I just don't believe it. It just seems unreal to me. Um, and but I don't know. I mean, in the world of you know, in this world where uh, you know Joe Biden and Barack Obama can do a rally and like twenty five cars show up. And that's it. And they like beep their horns. And and then Trump does a rally and 60,000 people show up and fill a big football stadium. You know, I don't know in, in that world where Biden still wins, maybe these two way out left wackos win somehow. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but again, you know, there are a lot of people upset about any claims of election fraud or any of that. But uh, this is going to be interesting to see. And, and then, you know, the longer it it it, it plays out. Well, we don't know yet. We've got to wait a week. We've got to wait two weeks. I just don't think people are going to have much patience for this. And remember what's on the line here. So if the Republicans can take at least one of these, then the Republicans will still, uh, you know, have control of of the Senate. Um, But if they lose both, then it tips over uh, to. Uh, the Democrats so I hope I understand that correctly but uh, we've got to win at least one Uh, and if we don't win both of them we lose both of them then it's a tiebreaker and the tiebreaker is vice president elect you know can I use the term without getting a thousand hate emails Kamala Harris and we're going to talk about all that right now uh, who's going to be the next president Um, okay January 6th um, January 6th, which is coming up this week. That's Wednesday, right? So Mike Pence, who is the vice president, he is in a really tough situation. I really personally like Mike Pence. I'm not sure if he'll ever be president. It's almost like he's too gentlemanly of a man to put up the fight to ever become president. How things have kind of uh, you know, come to in terms of, of how these... Debates take place and all of this. I'm not sure that he'll ever become president. I would vote for him for president. I think he's a fine Christian man and and I really like him. And he seems to be doing everything he can uh, to want to support Trump uh, in all of this. But yet it's I'm hearing all kinds of different opinions. Some people are saying that Mike Pence's role as vice president is simply um you know sort of um you know he's a figurehead he he is uh, standing up there opening up the the envelopes and announcing uh the electoral wins for each state that that what he's doing is is really just more of a figurehead type of a role that he can't as he's announcing these he can't say Well, Georgia is disputed. So as the vice president, I have a power here to step in and set aside these electoral votes for Georgia. I don't know. I I mean, I'm hearing from people who are saying vehemently on both sides of this that that Mike Pence can do something. And Mike Pence has no power to do anything. Uh, You know, I don't know. I'm honestly I don't know. And, And I'll be honest with you. I, I'll have to tell you this. I have grown really, 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 really tired. Really tired of hearing from some of these right-wing commentators that it's not over. There's still something big about to happen. There's still something that's out. We, there's some surprise that's going to come up. We're out of time for for surprises. I mean, if if anybody has a smoking gun, a videotape, an audio tape, uh, a legal challenge that the Supreme Court is going to take or any of these state Supreme Courts. This is it. I mean, we're, this is the 11th hour. I don't know how closer, how much closer you can get to there being no time on the clock. I mean, if you've got some last-minute play that you're going to run, uh, if you're on Trump's legal team, this is the moment. I mean, there, it, it is down to the last where there's like five seconds left on the clock. If if anybody needs me to tell you that. So this whole idea that there's still some, you know, last card Trump has up his sleeve to try to, you know, I don't know, but if he, if there is, let's, let's see it. If there's something we can do, let's move now. Let's do this. I don't know what's going to happen on Wednesday. I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's a big article in the uh, uh, Epic Times that, you know, talks about these different scenarios where uh, if a, you know, if a congressman and a senator both object in writing, if you have one from each house, that opens up debate. That debate can last up to two hours. Then there's a vote, and that vote would then determine whether or not Those votes, those electoral votes are accepted or not. I mean, conceivably, you know, you're not going to get the House of Representatives. You may not even get the Senate controlled by Republicans to support that because you've got defectors like Romney and others. So, you know, I don't know how that ends up, you know, uh, amounting to anything. Maybe I, I maybe I'm just missing something. I don't know. And uh, there's a debate going on right now on the Facebook page. A lot of people are saying, hey, well, if Trump really had evidence of fraud, he would have won some of these court cases around the country. And I think that's a real specious argument, honestly, because if you look at those court cases, they're almost all dismissed because of lack of standing or some other technicality. None of them were actually litigated based on the facts. We never got to a jury. We never got to a trial about any of those uh, election fraud cases. And and honestly, the courts don't want to deal with this. They They don't. The courts don't want to get involved with elections, which just really honestly rewards cheaters. I just personally, I know this is totally anecdotal, but I just, I mean, when you see When you just look at the uh, incredible, incredible, enormous crowds that Trump was drawing all around the country, including in blue states, I don't know. I mean, I just find it impossible to believe, impossible to believe that Biden won. It's just I can't wrap my brain around it. There was an interesting video that I watched. I watched it twice, in fact. It was so fascinating. Uh, You can find this on YouTube. Dinesh D'Souza, the movie maker, he posted an interesting video. Uh, I believe he posted this a couple of days ago, but it's kind of gone viral. And uh, he asks the question, was Joe Biden in on the, the steal of the election? If the election was stolen was Biden in on it. And he gets into a lot of really interesting points. One of the points is how confident that Biden seemed on election night. And then he plays a clip of Biden, that late night press conference that Biden did. I don't know. It was 11, 1130 at night when it looked like a landslide for Trump at that point. Uh, but Biden comes out, seems completely unflappable as you know, everything's fine. And, uh, Dinesh D'Souza kind of breaks that down and and really makes a pretty darn compelling argument that Biden just seemed to know he was going to win, despite the fact that it looked like it was uh, it was 2016 all over again. It really looked like it. It looked like it was worse, worse for Biden at that moment than it was for Hillary. And the last thing that you would expect is Biden to come out, you know, cool, calm and collected and say everything is okay. We feel good about everything. All of that. You know, he makes a great point. So check out that video by Dinesh D'Souza. And then if it couldn't be any more uh, sickening and heart wrenching uh, to watch, uh, you know, all these victory laps the Democrats and liberals are taking at the age of 80, at the age of 80, Nancy Pelosi Uh, Wins another term as Speaker of the House. Yes, that same Nancy Pelosi that kept your stimulus check uh, on hold for months and months and months. And apparently I'm hearing from some people that stimulus checks are showing up in bank accounts. So some people are seeing that already that, yes, the crumbs, the $600 stimulus, not the huge stimulus of two thousand dollars that trump wanted the the little tiny mini stimulus check is showing up people are getting that money the big stimulus uh looks uh completely unlikely Uh, i don't know maybe if biden is sworn in maybe there'll be another stimulus believe it or not folks it was republicans led by mcconnell that stopped you from getting the bigger stimulus so let that sink in as well all right, uh, what else is going on here? Let's talk. Let's get away from elections here, get my blood pressure back down. Uh, ben Fuchs will be with us here in about six minutes. We're talking about health, nutrition, fitness, all of that. So stay tuned for that. Bitcoin, uh, let me check here on my ticker. Bitcoin got uh, pretty darn close to $35,000. Yes, for one single Bitcoin. Yes, unbelievable. Uh, so a lot of people are asking, is it too late to get in? I'm getting all kinds of emails. Jim, is it too late to buy Bitcoin? I've been saying it's not too late to buy it since it was $50, okay? So <laughs> I'm not changing my my story in that. If you're a long-term player, and and I always tell people this, look at Bitcoin like buying a lottery ticket. And I don't know why this is such a big deal for people. There are people who literally will not put a dollar in, one single dollar because they don't completely understand it they're not sure how risky but those same people will you know they'll they'll do all kinds of other speculative things with their money including buy lottery tickets you know i tell people this look put 50 bucks in put a hundred dollars and i've been saying this for years look at it as lost money just put it in there look at it as lost money uh how high can it go some have predicted a million dollars for a bitcoin some have predicted 2000000 They million. They've been laughed at. Well, people have been laughed at too about 10000 and 15000 and 20000 and now almost up to $35,000 for one single Bitcoin. Now, if you want to find out more about Bitcoin, you can grab my book. It's like $16 bucks over at Amazon. It is the 90-minute Bitcoin quick start. And you can see the cover of the book over my right shoulder if you're watching on the live video feed. That book is it's sort of the textbook of Bitcoin. I mean, it tells you not only about Bitcoin, but a lot of the other cryptocurrencies, how to get started, how to even get Bitcoin for free. That book is on Amazon, 16 bucks. If you want to get my full blown Bitcoin course, it's crazy cheap. I I can't believe that I'm still offering it at this price, but it's only 77 bucks. Uh, and then it's $10 a month membership dues if you want to stay part of our discussion group and get the updates and all that. But this is a like the video version of my book where I explain everything, break it down, and then we have a discussion group. You get unlimited email to me, all of that. That's available at BitcoinWorkshop.us. And that's tonight's sponsor so that we're commercial free is BitcoinWorkshop.us. Or just grab the book, the 90-minute Bitcoin quick start over at Amazon. So one of the questions is, is there a bubble in Bitcoin right now? Could it like, could we wake up tomorrow and it's all the way back down to 10,000? Yes. (laughs) Yes, that could happen. I mean, and so uh, I know those Bitcoin enthusiasts are going to hate me for saying that. Um, but I'll actually be honest with you and tell you, because I, I've traded Bitcoin now for so many years, um, we, we, we've we traded it actually in our family IRA account, uh, bought and sold, bought and sold. I've kind of like almost become like I've got a third sense about it, like when to buy, when to sell. And actually what's happened over the years is the more volatile it is. So like if you see it start moving around a lot, you know, bouncing up and down, you know, plus or minus 10 percent that is actually when it tends to go up the most and that's what's been happening uh, just recently, even more so. So that that downward movement and then it jumps back up again, that volatility is actually very, very good for the price. and I'm still seeing that right now, which is why I'm presently uh, still really positive on it. I you know really plan to just kind of keep it in there for the long run. you know I, I did pull everything out uh, before the crash in March and I told you guys about that, gave you the heads up. Uh, and by the way, if you, you, you might not get those updates unless you're following the YouTube channel and following my social media channels. But uh, I'm not as optimistic, though, for stocks. Uh, so I, I would I would say, as I've said in recent weeks, I think the stock market really is, is set for a major drop and and really anything could set it off. It's sort of like a room filled with gas fumes. We're just waiting for that spark, whatever that is, that crashes the stock market. But. Uh, Look, there's so many problems right now. Some people haven't paid a a mortgage payment since April, uh, a rent payment since March or April. We've got all these states still closed down. Um, You've got all these, you know, uh, commercial loans uh, that are on the brink of of collapse. All these people moving out of New York City and big cities. There's a lot of problems that really haven't uh, been baked in to this super high record setting stock uh, market value that we're seeing right now. So uh, a good correction of 20, 30, 40% in the market uh, is certainly a possibility at any, at any moment. And it could be triggered by some big, you know, bruhaha brouhaha this week in Washington, DC over the disputed election. I mean, something like that is not what the markets want to see. So a lot happening, uh, You know, if you've got a lot of money in the stock market and you've done well, uh, be be grateful. Maybe a time to uh, take a little bit of money off the table. All right, we'll take a one-minute break. We'll refire the open. We'll get away from politics and all of that and talk to our good friend Ben Fuchs about uh, the new year and health and nutrition and all of that great stuff. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be back in one minute. We're going to refire the open and uh, we'll be back with Ben Fuchs.